Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I am Adam Diamond, as usual. I'm your host. Uh, and today we're just going to do a bit, uh, yeah, a special episode for episode 50. This uh, It's hard to believe that we've done so many when this is just a whim that we did when, when after a few weeks of the pandemic. Uh, but today I have with me Matthew Leahy. Hey, guys. Welcome, Matt. Uh, we have Stephen Bray. Hello. Jennifer Winger. Hi. And Stephen Dow. Hello. Well, welcome, guys. So this is like basically the, uh, we have the top three of Mawa Mission. Uh, we often joke that it's the unholy trinity. <laughs> but uh, And then we have myself and Matt. So myself and Matt are the uh, cest, uh church planters that we have here. And today's episode is going to be an update, basically, on Mile One Mission. We started this podcast off with an episode basically saying, why Newfoundland? And I, I apologize for the audio quality on that because we had no <laughs> idea what we were doing when we first did it. We set up a Yeti mic in the middle of a room. And uh, yeah, we just tried that, and it's a really bad. So if you stuck with us after that episode, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, that's one of the advantages. You can hear the better audio quality now after 50 episodes. So I, I would hope so. We, we've learned how to do this, at least somewhat. <laughs> audio doesn't mean we've got better voices, though. Uh, I try. I do my best when I, in editing. I do my best. All right, guys. So, you know, why Newfoundland? We started off with the need here um, just to get people introduced to Malwin Mission if they haven't heard of us before. Um, so let's talk about what's happened since then. So uh, Steve Bray, why don't you just start off with just giving us like, give us the highlights of what happened in the past year over within the last 50 episodes. We've covered a lot of topics, but what's been going on with Malwin Mission in that last year, especially during a pandemic? Yeah. So I, I guess in a, in a, phrase, praise God from whom all blessings flow. I mean, the fact that there's five of us doing this podcast, whether it was last time it wasn't, the fact that you just said there are two ch- assessed church planters was something that wasn't a reality a year ago. No. The fact that Jennifer is here with Steve and the fact that we've got now a women's ministry director and Steve overseeing all the education and all those things wasn't a reality. These were all ideas and hopes and dreams And more than anything, I don't think people realize that the offices by which we are even recording this, if everybody remembers, Mile One Mission was in the basement of my house through the first basically 18 months of its existence. And then the Lord opened up doors for us to move to some offices here on Kim Mount Road through the generous um, offer of uh, some folks that own a, a building here. And we renovated this. There was a lot of frantic work. And I think we moved in on March the 7th. And on March the 15th, the COVID lockdown hit. So even in that, God's sovereign plan was at work. And so, you know, now as we shoot this, we now have, when everybody's here, there's 13 staff or interns here. We have a church plant that is well underway, a second church plant that will be started. And I might say even to send our apologies to being contextual, because now Mile One Mission really is about Newfoundland and Labrador, mm-hmm. as we just started uh, some preliminary work to come alongside an existing church there, and Lord willing, we'll have a Mile One Mission church in Labrador, maybe even before the end of this year. So, so much to give thanks for. I, I always keep going. The whole model for this for me was found in Acts chapter 18, 
um, when Paul goes to the city of Corinth, which was this booming city, so much beauty, so much talent, so much enterprise, and yet it was a needy, needy city. And something that's always stood out to me was when Paul is there in verse uh, Acts chapter 18, verse 9, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God amongst them. And so if I were to sum up the last year or even the last 18 months as you take in covid I am just more convinced than ever that God has a people in St. John's and in Newfoundland and Labrador that he wants to save, wants to show himself to. And the five of us here in this room represent the rest of our staff and interns and the future of what God's going to do. So again, I started with this. I'll end it with praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's that's amazing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm part of it, but you know, as a host, like that, that's amazing to look back and like during a pandemic, you've seen that much growth. Mm. I mean, Literally, like, like me and Dave, Dave's not here, but we would take turns over who would work from the blue chair in your basement, <laughs> <laughs> and then who would get a desk, and then we would switch, and yeah. Do you still have what, that blue chair? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, yeah, there's some in Yeah, yeah office, I yeah. think so. Yeah. That is an amazing you blue chair. You used to step over top of me to get to the bathroom. Right. Yeah, Literally. that's right. It's being used though, right? Oh, yeah. The blue chair is still yeah. being used. Oh, yeah. good, good. Yeah, it, that, that is a comfy chair. <laughs> and then, then next week on Rugged Theology, the blue, the blue chair. chair. <laughs> we'll feature the blue chair. The uh, stories from the blue chair. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, you know we got Jennifer as our women's ministries director. I know that she's uh, not a big fan of the mic, but I'll get you to talk a bit, Jennifer. Like, what's it like been coming into the office more frequently? Um, before it was mostly Mondays when we were in Steve's basement and. Now we have uh, two female interns uh, over the summer. And so what? how's that going for you, working with us more full-time? If anything, it's easier to come in every day. The the I do have two jobs, but it's actually easier because um, we're driving a big locomo- locomotive here, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's just easier to just, just sort of, you know, spread it out through the week. But yes, I'm here um, a few more days. I we're now have three... I'm on my third female intern mm-hmm. uh, with more in the pipe, I That's think. That's right, yep. Um, as well, we're also um, working with Scotland hmm. um, as part of 20 Schemes Canada. So we have uh, sort of share interns. and Okay, yeah. That's exciting. Actually, too. you know what? I want, you know, because I know we've done episodes about complementarianism, mm-hmm. but here we are, you know, maybe three full years into Mile One Mission. We have 13 staff and five of them are women mm. and eight are men. And uh, our women are fantastic, and Jennifer is the one that just leads that. Mm-hmm. So, so Jennifer, what kind of things are you doing with the ladies? Like, are, are you seeing like, do we have good? Are we getting good quality women coming through who, um, you know, want to learn, who who want to be trained? Like, what what are you seeing come through the doors here? So, remember the three things I'm looking for is mm-hmm. you have to love Jesus, and I want you to be able to take initiative and not be lazy. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but I, I want you to love the Lord enough mm. that you want to serve him. Mm. And so, I mean, excellent quality ladies. And and in some, in some ways, very raw. They're still learning um, how the gospel walks out in everyday life, as well as in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their minds and their eyes are blown when they walk in here. They have no idea 
what goes into ministry and just even loving their church. So the very first assignment I give them is I want them within two weeks, I want you to learn everybody in the church Mm. and how do they serve hands and feet. And they sort of look at me with big eyes and I say, now go. Because how can you serve your sheep if you don't know their names? No, it's absolutely fair. I mean, uh, I know when I got started, I had a bit of a rough start with a few people in the church. And, uh, you know, it, it's 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 an experience. And you learn from that. You grow from that. You learn how to you know be um, a better, and not that I'm a shepherd, but how to manage people better, how to, you know, come alongside them better, how to work with them. And that's you, really uh, important. Uh, just by the way, but you are a shepherd. Yeah, but I'm not like a shepherd of Calvary. Right. Yeah, so that's what I mean. But we want you shepherding at Calvary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not like the shepherd. <laughs> and I think this is the great thing about Mawa Mission is it's, it's safe to come into our church and start to put on the role of shepherd mm-hmm. or whatever ministry that God's asked you to do. And you can fall down and we're there to help you and, and walk through the gospel with you. And that's, that's been a growing process for Calvary, too. Yeah, It really has. And actually, I had a phone call today with somebody in Nova Scotia that runs a major parachurch organization. So he called me and wanted to know, so tell me about this internship thing you've got at, at Calvary in Mile One. And I actually corrected him and said, you know what? We use the word intern because that's what everybody uses today. But really, what Jennifer's doing, what me and Steve are doing, what you guys are being taught how to do is we're really creating a residency program. Mm. So Calvary, Calvary Baptist Church is like a teaching hospital. So men and women come to us and we basically put them through a residency of the ministry. So they're really exposed to every aspect of what it means to be community in the life of a church, which is what's prepping you guys to be church planters and neighborhoods, mm-hmm. how we put those different interns with you and create teams, why Steve oversees their education, why Jennifer oversees theology with all these ladies and all these different things, and why I try to build into your lives. Really, and that's what Calvary's had to adjust to, because Calvary Baptist Church is basically a church with all of this raw uh, residential people there who are learning. And so we're trying to create an atmosphere where you are coached and we cheer you to succeed, but it's safe to fail. Mm. So when you say, yeah, I had a rough start trying to get everybody, no, we've learned from our, our you know, our early yep. interns why it's important to get them amalgamated into the church very quickly. Yeah, yeah in a sense, like Matt's been more of a guinea pig than me, I think, but I think we're all That's a, a good bit, way to describe Matt Lee. We're, we're all a bit of a guinea pig. And I've been described in a lot of ways. Eeyore is another one, right? It's a sad thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're, we're figuring this out as we go yeah, to, we to an extent, right? Um, I mean, even though you've modeled Malwa Mission after 20 schemes, That's Newfoundland right. is similar, but it's still different. Very distinct. Um, so Very we're still trying to figure out, I mean, Matt, with you, and you're the first church plant, um, you know, what's happened with you for the last year? Oh, wow. I don't even know where to start with that. Um but I mean, like the last 12 months have been crazy. One of the questions, so I, mean, I remember like 12 months ago, we did this TGC Canada uh, video interview and, and the question was church planting in a pandemic. And, you know, as, as someone who at the time didn't ha- have a lot of ministry experience, let alone church planting experience, to wrestle with that question, how do you church plant in a pandemic was one that, you know, threw me for a loop. And even looking back over the last 12 months, I still don't have a definitive answer as to how to church plant in a pandemic, right? Um, because, you know, the fact of the matter is this, is that the pandemic turned all of our lives upside down, right? Personally, business, relationally, ministry. 
And, and so, yeah, we really had to step back and, and ask God, how do we be in the community without being in the community? And that was the prevailing question for the last 12 months. How do we do that? And honestly, uh, we've seen God work more uh, in the last you know, 12 months than we did in the months leading up to the pandemic, right? Uh, we, we went from having one person come out to a Bible study in, the, in late 2019 to now we're, we're doing you know, a weekly home group with 10 people. We're, we're starting monthly services. And I mean, like, there has been absolutely huge growth for KCC over the last 12 months. And I still don't, I still don't have an answer for it. Like how, how is, how is KCC growing? But yet we all know this and maybe for people who are, are tuning in, there have been churches closed uh, in St. John's in the last 12 months. So, yep. right. I mean, all I can say is it's by the grace and sovereignty of God that KCC is where it is in uh, June, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you've had two bigger special things happen at KCC. Yeah. So one of the things uh, uh, th- this is wild, right? So, like for people who are who are listening, there hasn't been a gospel-centered church in Kilbride in its 132-year history. Uh, and, and so, you know, a couple of months back, we actually had someone come to Saving Faith who put their faith in Christ in Kilbride through Kilbride Community Church. And this person might very well be the first person in 132 years to come to faith because of now, I don't want to say because of KCC, but because of KCC's faith. God saves someone yes. through the through, ministry. Yes, right. And yeah. be, because of and the yeah. local church. Right. Because right. of the local yeah. church inside right. Kilbride. And so Which is why we're a local church. Absolutely. Right. And it's why our model is about getting in neighborhoods. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then the second thing is, yeah, we had uh, our first, uh, I guess, pre-launch service, if you want to call it that, back on June 6th, which was, again, the first time in 132 years that there's been a gospel-centered church service in Kilbride. And so I just, I stand in awe. It, it's hard not to be excited and overwhelmed at the same time. I think something that excited me. So, so we've been out in the communities for two years now for Mother's Day and Father's Day, and we just, mm. we blessed the community in different ways. But I thought it was pretty exciting that on your second year of just blessing, you know, Kilbride, that people recognized you, right? That's a huge win. Too. You know, they said, yeah. "Oh, you're Pastor Matt. You were here last year." Yep. And so I think that that's that's a real blessing. That, um, yeah, that just people are remembering, right? And it's also testimony to you know the underlying difficulty of of planting in in this part of the world, right? Like it takes a long, long time to make headway into the communities here. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of intentionality, a lot of purposefulness. Is that is that a word? Purposefulness. Um, and just loving on the community because there's a lot of hurt here. There's a lot of pain. There's mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety and uncertainty with the church. And so, no, you're absolutely right, Jen, to, to have people come up to us after two years, be like, oh, you're, you're killed by community church. I mean, man, that's a win. That's a huge win. And there's also been like a lot of bait and switch, right? Yeah. So like, I know you guys face it and like we face it when we gave out the flowers now again in Rabbit Town and the Coleman's grocery store. Um, people came up to us and like, you know, where can I give? Where can I donate? How much are the flowers? How much is like, no, we're just giving them to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it, it was wild. Some people were just blown away. Like, why are you doing this? Oh, I remember the paramedics thought, thought that. Like, mm-hmm. when I talked to the head mm-hmm. paramedic, and we just wanted to bless all of our paramedics. They, they, it's not, and Jennifer, you had that with the fire department. Mm-hmm. When we did that, they all assumed we wanted photo ops and then Coleman's. They assumed we wanted the media call yeah, yeah. and all those types of things. Um, so it's a, an interesting time for us as well. But, uh, you know, even for Stevie, you know, what's your take on the last year? 
Well, I mean, a great deal of the last year has been mostly learning how to function in the midst of different situations. And I think that's kind of been a blessing for us hmm. because the simple fact is, I mean, when we're doing, uh, I, I guess, a pastoral residency program, the fact is most of the problems are going to show up day to day and we just have to learn how to deal with them. And so it's been a lot of contextualization and then filling in holes when we yeah. find the holes mm. to fill in. And so as a result, and I mean, this is going to be the real life thing that happens when, you know, you're just discuss ha having time with people, um, learning how to live a Christian life here. And of course, in my, in my context, learning to deal with the questions actually people actually ask and the yeah. things that people really deal with. Yeah, I guess it's been great to grow in a place like this um, where we can sit down and ask questions, yeah. where I can walk in your office. And we've had a, a number of talks on a few, on a few issues, like, uh, you know, my first time since, you know, uh, you know, officially, let's say officially saying, you know, okay, I'm a complementarian. Like, I, I get it. I see it in scripture. Um, yeah, I, I can't deny it anymore. And then um, going to my wife's home church, which I attended all along, and then youth pastor, who's who's a young woman, gets up and preaches. And so the whole time I'm just going through, like, okay, what what do I do with this now, right? Yeah. And like, just so it was the first time. So that was a really weird thing. So me and you had a great chat about that, right? But I mean, that's going to be the situation we're going to have in most of these cases. It's one of the benefits of Mile One Mission. Mm -hmm. The fact is we put people into the positions where you're going to have these kinds of situations, and you're going to learn to be faithful to God's call in the midst of these situations. And, you know, that's been a great deal of what we've seen in the growth in, like, Matt and Adam, and to a lesser extent, uh, each of the interns, just watching them work in the in the context that they're in, and to get then get educated in the context so that they can see the real reasons why we talk about these things, why it's important to know the Trinity, mm -hmm. why it's important to know what you believe and why you believe it. It's ministerial boot camp is what it is, right? It's it's going through the trenches. It's learning how to defend yourself. It's learning how to, you know, have a firm witness on on what Scripture teaches. And yeah, I mean, not gonna lie to you, some days have absolutely been brutal, right? <laughs> um, and and but it's it's for our good. It's for our benefit. It's for our preparation. And so. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's, it has been good. We've Stevie, uh, you know, we've also added the educational element to things. So what's that been like for the yeah, last Yeah, well, year, I mean, maybe? to be honest, we're still kind of piecing that together in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it, just before I came in here, I was writing a, a, a proposal to a major uh, seminary in the world. To, well, the largest seminary in the world. Yeah, right. to see if they'll be willing to help us to do an extension program. But I mean, the idea is we've been trying to cobble together ways to get, uh, first of all, undergraduate programs for young, uh, for young people here who want, who feel called to ministry but need to get trained in some of the more uh, basic things, and graduate programs for people who, you know, or feel the call to pastoral ordained ministry. And you know, we've been we've we've had a partnership now with uh, uh, Union School of Theology out over in uh, Wales for the last uh, couple of years. Uh, we just added this year, we're going to have a couple of our guys go through uh, Heritage. And uh, I mean, we're hopeful of, uh, that uh, that Southern is going to be willing to help us out too. Yeah, and I think that, that's, a, that, that, that's been a big burden for me, is to be able to take native Newfoundlander and Labradorians who want to learn their Bible and not have to pay astronomical amounts of money and travel 
you know, way off into the mainland of Canada or down in the United States to get a quality education. Mm -hmm. So our goal with Mile One Mission is to actually be able to take men and women and equip them um, theologically as well as practically to then go out into their neighborhoods here in this city and across this province and actually live out the gospel. And, I, you know, Matt, you talked about boot camp, but I also think that for Jennifer and Steve and I, the goal is to thoroughly equip you and to deal with the hard issues of the culture and life, but how to do that in a disposition of Christ-likeness, of Amen. just being gentle and lowly and nice. We, we, we don't want people to be yelling at the top of their lungs. We're not looking for people to be um, combative, but rather to just be quietly confident in the assurance of the love of God that speaks truth. Well, uh, to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm aiming a little larger than actual church planting. Hmm. Church planting is the method by which we do this. But I am aiming to eventually have us in Newfoundland have a strong, vibrant, evangelical kind of culture of people who simply know how to love one another and yeah. to love those around them and to do it in a biblically solid, confident kind of way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot's happened with my one over the last while. I mean, we, we have me and Matt assessed. Uh, I'll talk about downtown in a little bit, I guess. Save me for last. It seems I'm the host. But, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to try and actually get some training here on the ground so we don't have to send our men and women away. Yep. Um, some some good biblical teaching. Uh, we have young women coming through the doors. Jennifer is working more with us. Um, uh, and, Steve, you mentioned Labrador. So why don't we talk about that a, a, bit, uh, that a little bit? I mean, we just released a video uh, if you haven't seen it, be sure to check it out. Uh, you heard Steve talk about Labrador, but Steve, like, I I'm sure up there, I know you're impacted, but what kind of vision have you caught for Labrador? Well, it actually just gave me a greater understanding or appreciation for all of Newfoundland and Labrador and the need for gospel-centric churches. And so, you know, if people are, especially from Newfoundland and Labrador, are listening, go, these guys keep talking as if there's no churches in Newfoundland. That's not what we're saying. No. Now, I do think St. John's is way more barren and unevangelistic than anybody actually ever cares to admit or acknowledge. We use the word gospel-centric because we are really about people knowing their Bible, reading their Bible, understanding who God is, and understanding what the gospel is. The gospel is not a moment. It's not an event. The gospel is transformative, and it transforms your life in a moment, but for the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. how do you apply that? And that's, you know, I think even for Jennifer, like, you know, the last year, the, the amount of biblical counseling Jen has done and, and bringing the influence she's had, not only in our women, but our men, the way that our team comes together. So we're trying to model, you know, yes, we are complementarian. Yes, we have very, very passionate views on the way church should be done, all of the different hot button issues that are out there. But I think we are absolutely committed to doing that in a way that reflects patience and humility and godliness. So even our teams, is, it's a planter, it's men and women working together in teams, it's, it's, it's focusing on the strengths and talents that God has made us with and helping protect ourselves with our weaknesses. It's creating systems of accountability and transparency so we can overcome the past history of this island of religious abuses mm -hmm. and hypocrisy and and the bait and switch you were talking about. I think Newfoundland has been sold a bill of goods of 
here's some hell fire insurance or here's some heaven real estate and never actually giving people Jesus Christ and what that looks like. And I think when we do that, young and old, men and women, rich and poor, Newfoundlanders, Inu, Inuit, all, all, all of it as here can be amazed by a great savior. And that's what excites me most about the trajectory of my one and what I would love to see if God opens the door for us to be in Labrador. I was heartbroken when I hear the atrocities all done under the name of religion mm-hmm. to people, not only indigenous people, but women, young children. It, it horrifies me. And, and there's been too much of it because I think we have taken the Bible, manipulated it to use it as a weight or a, or a weapon versus pointing men and women to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know when you came back, it was pretty... It was a pretty heavy moment in the office when we were talking about what you experienced. Yeah. Uh, we'll have another podcast, I'm sure, devoted just to that. Maybe we can mm. get one of the guys up in Labrador to call in. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and help us talk about that. Uh, but we also, I mean, coming to fall, um, we're hoping to start a Bible study downtown. Yeah. Um, my wife and I were taking our two kids, and on July 10th, we're moving to a small house downtown. And <laughs> we're gutting our place, and we're... Jennifer's husband gave us a trailer and we're throwing stuff out and yeah, yeah, we're learning what it's like to really be almost minimalist because uh, there's not a whole lot of space in this house, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm writing a blog on it now. Actually, it's my turn to write a blog this week. So (laughs) look forward to that as well. But uh, I'm just what it means to, you know, what am I holding before God? Like what am I holding back anything? Uh, What that looks like. So, you know, be in prayer for us as we go downtown and, that God's going to open doors, you know, as we find somewhere to meet, um, and that we can just create real relationships with people and just, again, give them Jesus Christ and not yeah. just some bait and switch gospel, not just you do this, you know, you get your get out of hell, <laughs> hell free card or something, yeah. right? Uh, it's, it's been an unreal year. Uh, God has moved so much. I mean, KCC is up and running through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Jennifer's working with us more, and she's, like Steve said, she's ministering to our lives. She gives us advice. She's helped us with some own, some of her biblical counseling she's gone through. Steve's trying to get some you know, good education to smarten me and Matt up and the rest of the guys. And uh, gals. And gals, yes. And uh, and you, Steve, you just keep chugging along, trying to get us some donors to help us give the gospel to our problems. And in the midst of it, I mean, the central point is God has been faithful in blessing us through the midst of mm, yeah. all of this. Uh, if we, we were going to plan how to plant churches, we probably wouldn't do it, you know, the way that it has turned out this way. You know, first of all, you got to have a pandemic, and, <laughs> and you know, it's it, every everything should have gone a lot more poorly than it has in a lot of ways. Oh, God's been so, good to yeah. us in the midst of this. There's so many ways it could have gone wrong, right? Um, but you know what? You know, but let's let's be honest. I, I think that there's a false narrative out there too about uh, Baptists, maybe, and you know, there's a lot of tongue and cheek laughter and back and forth about denominational name calling and all this. You know, I'll I'll start the ball rolling here as we clue this up. I mean, for those that are listening, when you talk about partners, I mean, the reality is. Um, we've got two church plants in the hopper. We've got a church in Labrador that we want to come alongside of. We've got about three to four more churches we want to plant. Mm-hmm. Calvary's growing. We need to get a building. The, the reality is I ask God every day. I get up every single day and I say, Lord, I need $5 million. Like that's what I need. 
I need $5 million so we can get Calvary firmly established as a hub church. We can get the rest of these church plants. We need four more planters. We need eight more interns, male and female. Um, this is the stuff we're doing. I mean, we're, we're all in and we're going to Lord willing die trying and trust God for the results. I mean, you know, come September, I mean, Jennifer, what's, what's on new for you? I mean, you've got a lot of stuff planned come the fall. Yes. <laughs> well, we're hoping to host our own women's conference where right. the speakers are local. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's pretty exciting. We've already had a Bible study, a women's Bible study where the two churches, um, got together and That's studied right. together. So, right. So we not only have a church plant, but now the churches are working together and learning together. So yeah. And, and tons of travel. We're getting oh, on planes yeah. to go. But Lord willing, we're going to have at least right. one or three more up to three more women joining yeah. us. Absolutely. And uh, Stevie's got, got this proposal. You're starting your next masterate and we're hoping to get all of our people. So if anyone's out there and you're from Newfoundland and Labrador and you're wondering, where do I get a theological education? Look up mile one mission and reach out to us. Mm. If you're out there, male or female, and you're looking for a ministry opportunity, check us out, talk to us. And if you're out there and, and stuff like that, because I will say with all of this, this is the other thing for people, this hasn't come without our battles. And I'm not saying everybody's on board, but Calvary Baptist has grown exponentially as we've been looking to empty ourselves out. Yeah, God keeps saving people, baptisms, new people. And I believe that even if we get to the point where we have six, seven churches, I don't anticipate Calvary shrinking one little bit mm. by that, and and yet God just keeps doing stuff on our behalf that none of us deserves. But I mean, you know, but we're not out. We're not doing this some tongue in cheek, nickel and diming. I mean, I literally get up every day and say, "Lord, I need five million bucks," and uh, and even then, that would last for about five years, and then I'd be like, "Lord, now I need another five million, <laughs> um, because that's what it's going to take. Because I think it's going to take five to ten years." to get churches established. But what Jennifer just said is imagine three to four years from now that there's seven churches in and around St. John's in different parts of Newfoundland and Labrador, and all those churches are families in neighborhoods, and the churches all love, love, and genuinely care for the other six or seven churches. And there's no competition. It's not a franchise. It's not the church wars. It's not worship wars. It's genuinely collections of men and women who love Jesus and just want to glorify him. And that's that's the goal, right? And I would submit, I don't know that that's ever been done and in our province. To God be the glory for all that. Amen. If you're listening, um, thank you so much for joining us, especially 50 episodes in. Um, I hope this I hope this is challenge you and maybe even encourage you for what God is doing. We don't claim the success of ourselves. No. Um, this has all been God, especially through the work of the pandemic. This has been the blessing of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so please pray for us for our work for the fall as we move forward with all the things that you've heard. Um, and even you know share this, help us get our name out that we want to see more churches established with that we need your help. That's right. Um, also be on the lookout for 50 episodes. We are going to give away one of our very own Rugged Theology mugs. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, so look out, look out for that post on Facebook and maybe Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, you'll see there, like or share it or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. And uh, <laughs> whoever, whoever gets that, we'll send that your way. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you again. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. 
If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.